previously on the Thorn Files. Vera and Peter were investigating the stables at Knockhill Farm, and as they did, they were confronted by Captain Bennett, the leader of the soldiers in Knockhill Farm. And as it took hold, he seemed to be completely taken over by the spirit. The shadow itself looks as though it reaches round over Peter's shoulders into the man, and you see this seven-foot shadow reaching and pulling something out of it. The curse is no longer in control of him, but it has killed him. Lieutenant Cook, something has been going on in this farm. Telling me. The farmer here, Mr. Elliot, something isn't quite right. The dirt you collected from the captain and from Laura is not the same as the dirt you found by the Rosebush. You get the impression that this sort of soil could be potentially used in foundations. What can have to spirit? Because even if something is is full of anger and driven by pure emotion, there will still be something that connects it to the world. Either if you were to reveal that thing to the creature or it could potentially bring that creature out. Something that it might be scared of or something that might repel it might be, or bring it out. Might be the thing that it was killed with. There is a room in the house he didn't let us go in. Um, Is there now? Can I look for, um, like, a doll on the bed or, like, a stuffed bear or something like that? Um, so there's a music box. I can perform a spell that will allow me to see in last moments an object has been kind of touched or used. So I'd like to know um, what happened when this box was used as a weapon. Thomas comes in to the kitchen limping slightly and you hear he's very angry. A taller figure steps in behind Thomas uh, in a sort of uh, infantryman's uniform. You tried to steal my wife while you were while she was alive. You will not take my home. Now she's dead. I want you out. They meant nothing to you. All you want is my land. Thomas grabs the box and as though he wasn't thinking, swings his arm around and the box connects with the other head. And Thomas swings the box again and again and again. Thomas killed Marcus. The earth that we collected from the body seemed to be most similar to the earth in the barn. Take us to the body now. And he walks rigidly towards the barn and he stands and points towards the ground sort of in the central, in the center of the barn. As I could destroy plop in the cottage, I will do the same thing. But at close range, my hands kind of like laced over each other as I'm gonna force it kind of down to the ground unearthed around where you blasted it out. There is a body. Help me. I can't see. I can't. You look towards where the light is coming in from outside and four soldiers stand at the doorway, 
mud pouring from their mouths. They start to lurch slowly towards your group. Hill Farm is in chaos. In the large courtyard between the farmhouse and the main barn lie the bodies of a horse riddled with bullets and one Captain Bennett. The light that streams in from the farmhouse illuminates some of this chaos. A few torches lit in the barn illuminates more as the floor is blown apart by Evangeline named Fox. The group of agents working for Thorn Investigations excavating the floor to find what they believe to be the body of um, Marcus Elliot. Upon destroying the earth beneath the barn and this sort of crater that Evangeline has created, the group find themselves face to face with four soldiers that had previously, only a few moments ago, been in complete control of themselves and now staring at the group, mud pouring from their mouths, as they all say in unison, help me. I can't see. I can. Lieutenant Cook's there and he's trying to issue orders to his men who are ignoring him at this point. And you also have Thomas Elliot, the owner of the farm, unconscious, sort of towards the side of where you are at the moment. As the four soldiers start to move forward, is there anything that anyone does as these men charge towards you? I, Evangeline, I think I like instinctively steps in front of um, um, everybody and she's going to raise her hands up and um, she's going to use her wall ability um, for her combat magic and she's just going to her hand will shimmer for a second and she'll just pull them across in a big sweeping motion and create just a wall of light in between them and us for that moment um, and it creates uh, one harm and um, one armor as a as an effect to create this wall between us and them for a moment. So does it afflict, inflict one harm on them straight away, or...? If they walk into it, it would, be, it, would, it would inflict one harm, and it gives us one armor against things they're doing. Absolutely, that's great. So um, I'll say that they they charging forward towards you. Just want to make this clear, what do... Uh, what is Evangeline creating the wall around? Is it just directly in front of you? Or is it around the crater? Is it around who are you trying to encapsulate in the wall? What are you trying I'm, to I'm, I'm trying to create a barrier between our group and the group of people that are just saying everything else. And I kind of, you know, I just kind of like look over my shoulders towards everyone. It's like, if anyone has any ideas how to stop this, we should probably try them now. <laughs> Lieutenant Cook is uh, shaken not only by seeing the men sort of rapidly sort of bang their arms against this light rot in front of him uh, sort of the energy from it sort of burning at their skin as they whack at it 
repeatedly. Um, but also the fact that there is this magical wall barrier that's just been put sort of erected in front of him. Um, and he doesn't know, he has a pistol and he doesn't know exactly where to point it at this point. And when you say this, he turns and looks to you all and says, who are you people? I, that could probably wait. Should we burn the body or burn the box? Um, maybe everything. I'm going to say the men are going to keep banging. How long does the barrier stay up, Evangeline? Um, it doesn't actually have a time limit. It's combat magic, so I imagine it's kind of like... It's a, a flash. It, it's like a flashing wall, and yeah. I say you have a couple of seconds as it starts to... You, like, you put a bit of concentration into it, and but it's starting to break. You can see, you can feel it start to give a little bit. One level of urgency to the matter at hand. The box, Danny. Uh, we almost gave it back to Thomas, but then I believe it landed on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to make a dash for it to pick it up. It's beyond the light. Wow. Uh, I would like to find somewhere to hide. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, is there anything else anyone would like to do at this point, in this moment? Peter will just hunker, kind of get on his hunched at the moment, and the shadows will bring around him at that moment, and he'll look and go, Back to safety. It's time to attack. And he's going to time that leap for when it's about to go down, because he's seen that wall before, and the moment it goes down, he's going to go and punch in the face the first of the guys that's coming over to try and take him down. Absolutely. Is there anything that Vera does at this moment? As you have a few seconds to prepare yourself. Um, yes. Um, so I had started setting up various radio equipment, broadcasting gear, um, to the side of the barn, and I'd like to use my final hold from Fantastic. my um, one with the plan move. Yeah. You have. You are in where you need to be, and you are ready, and you're prepared. Yeah. So... And um, I think what I've been doing in the small amounts of sort of downtime between uh, things going on is starting to try and put together some sort of essentially like a jamming signal. Mm -hmm. So um, whatever this thing is broadcasting. Um, I know which sorts of frequencies it's doing it on, and I'm just going to try and overwhelm its connection to the soldiers. Fantastic. So, yeah, I like that because you were able to, you tapped into that earlier on and you had a sort of connection with it, with your machines. That's fantastic. Yeah, in terms of moves, I'm not entirely sure whether that would be a kick some ass or... I think, actually, in this instance, um... I'm going to say it's a help out role because what okay. you're doing is helping anybody else out in the situation like Peter and the ten cook out there and Evangeline um, anyone who's going to be confronting these people charging towards you trying to get to you what you do just now will potentially help them that sounds good um, I do have a minus one to help out that's right but... so you roll plus two but yeah it's plus cool so yeah you're minus one yeah, but I've always known that, so... Uh, oh, that is a six minus one for a five. Right, cool. Yeah, that's a fail. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
it's, a, it's tricky because you you had your fantastic move and then the roll doesn't work out. Um, okay, so I didn't have it all down quite as well as I thought I did. It was a it was a shot in the dark. No, I I and I but I love it. I love the planning. Um, so Vera, you start your signal and this. What does it sound like, Vera's signal? And she's trying to corrupt this, sort of get in the way of this. What's that? What's going on? Uh, I think it's going to be essentially like a, a just a an inverted version of whatever sort of scraping noises it was, mm. or the, that I was picking up on on my equipment. It's going to be almost like a, a reverse sort of waveform to um, try and cancel it out in the same way that sort of uh, noise cancelling stuff mm -hmm. sort okay. of works. Um, so you. Uh, send the signal out and you can hear the sounds through the air um, as you make it sort of, air, sort of turn it up and make sure that it's as loud as possible and it's trying to um, get into the signal but you get the impression that it doesn't as it, the men trying to break through the barrier just keep coming um, and as the wall fall, as the wall comes down Lieutenant Cook has a pistol up um, Peter, you take your action will be, um, I mean, it's kick some ass, it's kick some ass, isn't it? So, we'll kick some ass. As it comes down, I would like to yell out to, I'm sort of facing this towards Peter, but um, with an eye towards Lieutenant Cook as well. Remember, they're still people. At the moment, they are still people. Um... That's really well timed, but as Peter comes to the first one, um, he rolls a 15, because he rolled double sixes with weird, as this claw cam punches down on the first person he sees that comes towards him. Yeah, yeah, so you, I'll say that's one of the, you come up against the, so the large, broad-shouldered, mustachioed um, sergeant, and he's sort of charging forward, and you swing for him with your... And he's going down from the top of the head, because he's trying to knock them out as he jumps down and jumps up to jump down and punching down in that moment. Okay, so, yeah, what what harm do you inflict with That's that? Two harm. Two harm. And do and because you rolled um, plus ten with that, you get to choose an extra effect. So you gain the advantage, so gain plus one forward, or get plus one forward to another hunter. You inflict terrible harm, you suffer less harm, or you force them where you want them. Um, I think does terrible harm include like they basically knock us out in one punch? It's it's a one it's plus one harm, so it okay, gives you an extra plus. Take the extra plus one on that. Okay, I'm not, he's not holding him back in that moment. Okay, so you leap forward. What does it look like when Peter does a sort of inhuman leap towards the soldier? Um, it's like the shadows lift him up almost from the ground as he leaps. And as he goes down, you see coming from his hand, it's almost like his fist is this mess of shadow and his fist looks being unnaturally larger than it actually is as it goes down to the temple of the man punching down. Fantastic. Yeah, so you slam your fist into him and he sort of crumples backwards. He sort of starts to pull himself back up, but you can see that what you've done is you've definitely broken something in his nose or jaw because he starts blood starts mixing with the mud as well as he starts pulling himself back up from the ground um and as they sort of start to swarm these four soldiers lieutenant cook takes a shot with his pistol and it sort of 
glances off one of the soldiers, you get the impression that he's not trying to kill these people even before Vera said that um, he probably wouldn't have. Uh, and that shows now because he sort of tries to sh take, shoot them in the leg, shoot them in the side, rather than take any sort of killing shot on any of them. Um, but they, so what, what one that he shoots seems to push forward through the pain and grabs hold of him and grabs hold of the arm that has the pistol in it. Um, and another one is sort of goes towards where you are, Evangeline. Now, in this moment, Tabitha, you said you were going to hide. Um, so <laughs> what I would like from you is, um, I'm going to say, and get act under pressure. You're just trying to hide in this moment. Uh, eleven. Um, eleven. And so I'd like to hide where I can be hidden, but if I popped up, like, out of cover, I would be able to see the body. Right, okay, yeah, I understand. So... Yeah, so you, you get... You, there's, it's a, it's a barn, so there are sort of... Uh, um, I'm happy to hide behind the dead horse. I'm quite... I'm fairly small. Well, at the, moment, at the moment, you're sort of backed into the barn by the soldiers okay. uh, in the main, gate, the main door, but there are plenty of things to hide behind in this barn, crates and hay bales and whatnot, that sort of rotten old hay bales, but you hide behind one of these. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably... that works out. Um, I do feel like I could have also asked you to read a bad situation. Can I have that from you as well? Because mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is get a better view on what's going on as well. Uh, nah, uh, what is my nine on the dice? What's read a bad situation? Sharp. Um, that's plus sharp. Eleven. Eleven. So, um, you hold three. Um, so of the three questions, of the six questions there from read a bad situation, you get to ask three of them. As you have, what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's the most What's most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victims? Cool. Um, I would like to ask, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? I think what you haven't maybe noticed in this moment, because you're being accosted by these four soldiers that seem to be pushed on by some sort of unworld, otherworldly force, this is a high stress situation Aye. and you know that that can push people into the control of whatever is taking over the farm um you don't know about the group you don't know about lieutenant cook um but any that any one of them might be at this point if they uh get too stressed or find themselves in too much danger they may flip mm -hmm. Um, uh, what's the best way to protect the victims? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, Vera had the right idea. It's not about knocking all these people out. It's not about necessarily destroying anything in the barn. It's about finding something to block whatever is connecting these men to the force that's taking over the farm. Okay. Um, what's the most vulnerable to me? 
Ooh, the most vulnerable thing to you would uh, taking in the sort of things that Tabitha is able to do and uh, the most vulnerable person in the room is probably Marcus who's unconscious um, you also have the corpse in the ground but the soldiers themselves they are they are just humans so that is what you get from that really bad situation and so Peter is uh, sort of has knocked one of the soldiers down. They've got back up to fight against Peter. Um, one of them is going towards where Evangeline is. One is grabbing onto Lieutenant Cook, and the other is going towards where Vera is. And actually, Vera, because you did your help out role and you exposed yourself to danger, um, this soldier reaches behind them and pulls a knife from a sheath on their belt. That clearly had not told anyone they still had and they move towards you so um getting harmed by the soldiers peter first of all the soldier um that is grabbing onto you the large large side he sort of grabs you he's going to throw you against the side of the barn as with any sort of strength that he has of the slightly more strength than he should have and he sort of comes up to him with sort of a large fist slams into the side of your face um i think you take one harm from that and then he sort of grabs you hands go towards your throat um evangeline a soldier's coming towards you as well it's the young soldier that was at the farmhouse at the at the um the cottage earlier on and they are going in the this mud pouring from the mouth they're going to uh hands are coming out to try and grab you around the throat and as they do that, they grab onto you and they sort of push back and they slam you onto a beam in the barn and the horse of beam shakes. I'll grab my, um, I'm going to shuckle my violin case to still in my other hand as I kind of pull backwards. Yeah. Uh, Cash, because you had your barrier, but then they didn't have anything after the barrier came down. Uh, I did not have anything. So... What, uh, I'll let you choose with Evangeline Fox in this moment, kick some ass or do some magic or... I want to kind of see them coming and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to see the person who's about to stab Vera and I I kind of want to kind of like move round to pull like what shattered um, shards of light energy from the floor and like pull them up and create a shield around Vera using my shield spell which yeah. allows me to protect someone and then I gain two armor against any harm that is transferred to me from the fact that I'm protecting Vera from the knife. Okay, so you get plus two armor, and Vera is protected as well. But if I, on the, I've got a roll. To oh yeah, you, you got a roll. You got a roll. Obviously, that didn't go well last time. <laughs> Let's see if they're going to be friends tonight. Uh, protect someone is help out. Unfortunately, minus one, but I did roll an eight minus one for seven. Okay, so you help uh, you help grab some plus one to the roll, but you also expose yourself oh, to the trouble. It's, it's not help out. Oh, it's protect someone. someone. Sorry, that's tough. So nine, nine, and eight plus one, so nine. Sorry. No, no, no don't be sorry. It's all good. So. Um, for all of the harm they would have got from the knife, yeah. So I kind of think I move around the person that's trying to kind of like slam me back, mm. knock back, and then lean, reach forward to try and shield her. So, uh, so you're saying you're going to take all the harm? Yeah. Uh, that's what, uh, you, I could so for some, some all the all harm. Oh yeah, sorry. You said all the harm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was just oh yeah. Sorry, I'm reading the ten plus one 
I skipped 10 plus. So I got away from you, not quite yet. No, not quite yet. Um, absolutely. So Vera, as this man approaches you with his knife drawn, uh, suddenly this shimmering wall of light appears sort of in front of you, sort of push, uh, pulled together from shards of light in the room. And uh, he sort of pushes against it, sees that he won't be able to get to you in this moment. Um, and Evangeline, you have one man has grabbed onto you and is holding you against the pillar. The man with the dagger turns and just thrusts the dagger into your side. Um, so... How much does the dagger do? That is... I believe... It's too hard for this. As he push it and like twists it around as well. So as I had... I gained two armor, does that negate it to zero? Yeah, it negates it. Negates it to zero at this moment. Yeah. Sort of brutal combat knife as he sort of pulls it, yanks it out. Um, but you're magically able to heal yourself in that moment and pull it away. Um, so, um, then. Seeing everyone take yeah. so much damage, I am heavily considering arson, but I would first attempt um, to use magic to banish Marcus's spirit from his body. So go mm. out of cover. Yeah. Um over to his body and then Yeah, that Yeah, so you put yourself out of yeah, that's absolutely fine. So you go over to the body, you try to um, banish it. So yeah, yeah. you mean you're it's a use magic word, I assume. Yeah. Oh seven. <clears throat> Use your effect and a glitch. Okay. Um Fantastic. So, oh. your effect is that you are banishing. Is that one of the ones you can choose? Yeah. Banish your spirit or curse from a person, object, or place. Oh, yeah. Evict a spirit or curse from a person, place. Yeah. Fab. So, you're this. And yeah, you choose the glitch as well, I think. Uh... Use your effect and glitch. The keeper will decide what effect the glitch has. I will take a problematic side effect, please, Daniel. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, problematic side effect. You... So I think it does take me a minute because I probably have to like draw like, yeah, a circle of, of uh, runes around the body. Um, Give me a second. I just need to draw my runes. <laughs> everybody, I need to concentrate. Um, yeah, brilliant. So you draw your runes. You are and you cast spell, what does it look like when Tabitha casts a spell to evict this creature, this spirit from the corpse on the ground? So it's a lot of it's a lot of preparation uh, when Tabitha uses magic and not so much flair. So she'd be concentrating on um, drawing the runes in the dirt and um, probably cutting a hand <laughs> to um, use some blood. And then um, I think the magic itself has a kind of like mostly white with the shadowy tinge. Brilliant. Okay, so uh, you start to cast the spell, um, and as you cast it, you feel the sense of pulling whatever that is in this corpse in the ground out from the ground, and in that moment, you feel the sort of the tendrils sort of pushing towards where the soldiers are. Um, you feel sort of cracks in the ground uh, moving up and sort of 
edging closer to those people you uh, you know and those people you love and also the tenant cook as well. Um, I'm saying also, uh, and you, as you pull it from the ground, those connections are still there. What you have in the center is sort of like the heart of this connection, this sort of spirit heart. Um, and you pull it from the ground and for a moment you think, fantastic, it's done. It's taken out, it's going to be moved away from where this is. And then you feel something, it's as if when you pull it out, you sort of send your magic into it and drag it from the ground. And um, now that's in the air, something clings on to your magic. And it's almost as if something is pulling itself along the seams of your magic towards okay. you. Um, and I need you to uh, roll plus call. Eight. Eight. So um, you can choose to comply to the instructions oh, that yeah. I put upon you. Um, but you only, yeah, but you can mark experience um, if you follow the command. I don't like to do what I'm told. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just to remind everyone, if it's uh, 10 plus, you can choose to comply or not. If you do, you mark experience and plus, uh, and gain one plus forward. If it's seven to nine, you gain, you can choose, uh, but you uh, only mark experience for following the command and on a mess you would have to, but you chose to, uh, oh, no, you're not choosing to, no. Um, would you say now that it's more, is it slightly more corporeal? Like, now that I've kind of summoned it out of the Oh, it's tricky. Um, you can sense it because of your magic and the connection you have to it. It is still not corporeal. There's still something but, keeping so the rest it. Of us, what the rest of the magic uses, do any of us pick up on this? Um, if, you're try, if you try to tap into it, I'm absolutely fine with you being able to see it and being able to sense it. against the wall, but it's more of a... We're looking moment, around, do we see... You, yeah, you wouldn't see it straight away. You see Tabitha doing a spell, but sorry, it's less that Tabitha uh, can see this and more that she can sort of sense it and feel it. Um, so Tabitha, you're doing this and you're choosing not to, and that's absolutely fine. Um, you hear the words destroy. Thomas, destroy. Well, actually. <laughs> Um, no, no. Uh... Yeah, so you chose not to, and that's absolutely fine. Um, so, as the sort of uh, fights go, keep going on, Evangeline, you are being accosted by two soldiers at this moment. Fury, you still have, you're behind your shield uh, from Evangeline, and Peter, you are being um, brutalized by a sergeant in the corner. Um, so, First of all, I think we'll go to Peter with, with oh, he's, you know, he's beating you up. Um, I feel like you've got quite a little harm already, Peter. Um, so um, he's grabbing onto you and he's just slamming and whacking you in the face. Peter just goes for trident testers so as he puts his hands on and digs in these claws into his arm. Um, I'm going to send the shadow in to rip the presence out of him. So, like before, I will banish it from inside of him, but it will look like this shadow, I mean, shadow arms, dive into him and literally just rip it from his head. But I have a question, is this the same guy as the one that did me the damage, the three harm? 
And uh, I did the damage to Yes, the three same guy. Yeah. He looks he looks very bloodied when you're fighting him at this one. Cool. Yeah. The intention from this pulling out is I'm trying to I'm unconscious, I'm not trying to kill him. Okay. But then again Let's see how much harm you did. I'm incredibly angry right now, and yeah. there is no harm in it because it's banishment, oh, so it's that's banishing, your call. Yeah. So it will go in, so I'll roll so as the hands go straight inside of him, holding on those shadows and a rip it out of him. So using magic, that is uh, 14. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it does exactly what you wanted to do. Um, so you, you banish this creature, you sense your shadow this of shadow reach into the sergeant and sort of pull something from him um you don't see where the thing goes but you see you sense this presence being pulled and as it does the sergeant just sort of goes limp against you so like you can see that when the captain was taken um there was this deep gash in his head that sort of exposed skull and broken bits and everything underneath um but with the sergeant there is a scar but it hasn't seemed to have fully formed at this point. Uh, you get the impression, looking at him, getting a chance to properly look, that these people, there is a chance to save them in this moment. Um, and the sergeant sort of collapses forward. So Peter would just discard if he's barely registered as he almost running slightly on the hands almost as well, as he will head towards Tabitha and he will take a very defensive view around Tabitha so that if anything looks like it's harming or going for Tabitha, he will lash out. That's absolutely fine. Um, I will come back to you in a moment because you did say Peter was very angry in this moment, so I'm just going to come back to him in a second. Um, Vera, is there anything that Vera does just now? Yes, with the um, sort of bubbled light shield that has been um, set up around uh, Vera and seeing the um, two soldiers both turning towards and apparently stabbing Eva. Um, trying to, at least. Trying to. Um, Vera's going to grab uh, one of the radio units um, and with the sort of two handles at the front and yanking it free of the cords, um, connect connecting it to the rest of the equipment, just swing it um, sort of center mass just below the rib cage, attempting to knock the wind very much out of the one that was stabbing at Eva. Fantastic. Give me a kick to the ass. That's that's a brilliant one. Oh, that's a six. Oh, but I think I've got a plus one to tough. Yes, I do. So that's a seven. Okay. Uh, it's a seven. So you inflict harm on uh, and suffer harm from whatever you're fighting. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Okay. So you do one harm optic, a harm off one of the ones you are fighting and uh yeah so you take this radio equipment and you slam it into them um and they you you hit them square where you know that if you there was a person who was in full control of their functions would be winded and knocked out for this fight um you they hear the radio crack against their side um and they just turn to you and say Help me, I can't see. And he just whacks you um, in the face. Sort of full on hands comes up to sort of grab your face and he sort of throws you backwards. Um, and you take one harm um, from that. So he takes one harm, you take one harm. Um, and then Evangeline, 
one of the men is distracted now going back towards where Vera is uh, the one with the knife I'm going to say is still trying to get to you now um, so still trying to push this knife down towards where you are as he's kind of in there she, I'm, I'm, she's going to try and like slink away as much as she can she's just to try and yell something over there and kind of run into a bit more open space for a moment yeah. Um, absolutely, yeah. So you you can absolutely do that. Um, there is going to be another. Uh, you know that you're going to get stabbed at this point if you if you don't do something to necessarily save yourself. Um, no, 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 no. I just, I'm, as I'm doing so, I'm going to pull out my um, violin as I'm running away. Okay, it, like, under my shoulder. So if I if I yeah if she ends up taking harm, she takes harm. Yeah. So you, you pull your violin out, and as you get a few steps away, you feel the dagger stab into your shoulder and rip backwards. Um, you feel your shoulder get a little slack from whatever is in there getting hurt. Um, you take two harm from that as they pull the sort of combat knife backwards. Um, I'll I'm, I'm move that into the kind of space and wind slightly, and it's like... Oh. And I would like to start playing the music box song on the violin. And with it, I'd like to use magic. Okay. So can I use the, the resonance of the song to try and cast a spell? I'm going to say if you are doing this, um, I'm going to give you um, what is it? plus one forward for this use magic roll. Well, plus two plus one, so fifteen. Fifteen. Um, so choose your effect. I want to communicate with something that you do not share a language with, which is this dead creature. I know I share a language with, but I'm unable to psychically speak with yeah. on that resonant level that they are connecting with. So I'm trying to use the sound of the music, the emotional connection to the memory box. And I will just play the song and I will just try and try and like send out like a soothing what is it you want? Very interesting when you do this because um as you start to play the music, you get a sense that whatever this thing is does react to the music. Um, and it does, as you send your scenes of light out and they sort of intertwine with whatever darkness is flowing from the body of uh, Marcus Elliot, you. You know that there is a connection there, but it could be stronger. There's something to do with the music itself. Um, but it doesn't stop you communicating. You just know that this has struck a chord with them. You There's probably a way to strike it even more powerfully. You get back from this this being, whatever this is, whatever's left of Marcus Elliot, um, that they are, again, it's not like it's words, not sentences. What you've heard from this person so far is just desperation. The only word they have is all filled with anger 
and fear and that is everything that they are and that's the impression you get they are a spirit that's been trapped here that hasn't necessarily had a voice for a very long time and now recently has only just been able to find words again what you get is anger what you get is fear they want everything to be destroyed because they weren't able to have the life that they wanted here and they want to punish Thomas not because he killed them because it's, it, you get the impression that perhaps the spirit doesn't fully understand that moment in the in their life it, it would have been a time where Marcus would have had very little control over his the understanding of the situation after he was hit for the first time but Marcus blames Thomas for his life falling apart you know that Thomas was there at the farm to to help out and and while he was there Marcus's wife and child both died and while Thomas says he was broken by it and emotionally connected to both of them like they were his own nuclear family Marcus doesn't care about any of that he didn't care then because he was broken he doesn't care now because his body has been his soul whatever is left of him has been twisted into just a thing of hate a thing of fear with this as the keystone to it And that's what you get as you communicate with this spirit. I think the most interesting thing you get from it, however, is the music, the sense of this tune having some sort of control over the being. We'll just kind of stay back and just go. When you are ready to rest, he, he will not go unpunished for what he did to you. And I will kind of like under the music, it'll go out and I will just like lean across the others and go. The music seems to be touching the creature, but it's 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 not the right sound, it's not the right frequency. As I continue to kind of play streams of light kind of floating out from her and I'll look towards the Tabitha. I think I think Tabitha has the music box. Okay, who is the music box? music bowls I think it was dropped outside it's outside it's not in the barn with us right now so yeah the, the music box was dropped outside in the initial scuffle before you came inside Peter I need you yes. I need you please Peter sweet sweet Peter to roll um plus cool for me you yourself said that Peter was very angry and I roll the ten. Okay. So when you get the instruction from Marcus as it starts to seep into your mind, you can choose to comply or not to it. Um if you do choose if you do, you can mark experience and gain plus one forward to whatever you're going to do. you get the instruction 
destroy Thomas. When Peter looks through the door, can you see Thomas and can you see the music box? So Thomas is in the barn with you. Sorry, I said Marcus earlier on when we said vulnerable people. Thomas is unconscious in the barn with you. You sort of pull him towards the side. Um, you can see the music box outside. So it's sort of where you are in front of Tabitha. You have one direction is where Thomas is and one direction is where the music box is. Um, it just doesn't want to make us like happy. It's it's much crueler for this thing to do not to do what it wants. So um, Peter won't act on it. He'll kind of shake it off. Um, and there's a moment where he looks at the unconscious body, but he will then um, make um, he will dart to the direction that he can see the music box, having just heard what Evangeline just said. And his aim is to retrieve the music box. Okay. Um, so Peter runs towards the music box, sprinting towards that. Um, Vera, um, the soldier that is on you now has pushed you to the ground and is going to clamber over you and is actually going to start moving towards where Thomas is, where he's pushed you down towards the ground. Thomas is nearby and he moves towards where Thomas is lying in the barn. Okay. Um, ooh, um, then I'm gonna pull a knife from my ankle, um, a small um, old looking silver handled knife with a couple of small um, inlaid gems towards the end of the hilt, uh, towards the end of the handle, um, and um, uh, try to still on the ground try to sort of plunge it sideways into into his lower leg, um, uh, and this is a blessed knife, which is a holy weapon. Um, very cool. If that makes a difference. Uh, no, it's a It's very holy weapon and it's going to make his leg very holy as well that's the plan um, so can i have a kick some ass roll from that oh that's a nine plus one ten absolutely brilliant very good kick some ass roll um uh, gain an egg or choose an extra effect um i think I, i'm gonna force him where i want him to be which brilliant. is on the ground and less able to get to thomas yeah, so, so you pull him towards the ground with your with the dagger in his um in his leg. What's the harm on the dagger? Two harm. Yeah, and you sort of as you stab him, you pull him uh, using some of the skills you've probably learned in your time uh, in the army. Um sorry, not the army. Na Navy. Navy. Thank you very sorry. much. <laughs> Navy. Um you stab him in the leg, twist and pull him down sideways onto the ground. So sort of half pinning him on the ground as of where you're lying beside him um tabitha uh, will i take harm from that as well because i will take harm so he's yeah. going to swing okay. back and hit you again you did not okay. yeah you didn't choose to not take any harm yeah um and 
yeah, so I'm trying to think where the other sojourn wants down. The other one is on here, and oh yes. Um, so in this moment, you see Lieutenant, Lieutenant Cook is struggling with one of the soldiers. Um, Lieutenant Cook's a very um, young, athletic-looking man, but you know these things are corrupted by something that makes him otherworldly strong. And he grabs hold of Lieutenant Cook's arm and breaks it. Uh, and pulls the pistol from his hand um, and he slowly uh, it turns to face Thomas Elliot on the floor um, and raises his pistol is there anything anyone does in this moment Tabitha, Evangeline and Tabitha and Evangeline you're the only ones who could do anything just now um, I will attempt to pull Thomas's body okay um, um, out of the way. Then that's a protect someone. That's that's the. Oh that's, yes. I'm gonna protect this man with my new exceptional stretch. Um. Okay. Tough. Oh. Yeah. So oh sorry. Yes. So to protect someone that's with. Okay. Plus minus three. one. <laughs> yes. Come on. Oh right. Okay. Um. Four. Okay. You end up making things worse. Right. Okay. Um, so you hear the gunshot go off and you feel it impact your side slightly. It's sort of cuts through your side as on route towards where Thomas is. Um, you sort of stumble as you feel this connection um, in your side and you sort of topple sideways to take one harm. Um, and you knock a lantern off from one of the hooks on the wall. And as it cracks on the floor, um, the oil on the lantern starts to spread and and starts to go up. Ah. I get you. You got your arson wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every hero strikes out on their adventure for a different reason. To prove myself worthy of my mother's praise. To write my own story and discover who I really am. To prove to my family that I am more than they believe me to be. To avoid the god that has chosen me. But when the fragile balance of the world is in jeopardy, and sinister forces move in the darkness, heroes will be tested, pushed to their limits and beyond. And it will be left to them to determine if they are up to the task. There is a darkness rising. Will they be able to overcome the challenges and meet this evil head on? For my god. For my story. For my freedom. For the world. To restore the balance. Modified Role, Season 2, The Chronicles of Eren. A D&D 5e actual play podcast. New season, new characters, new story. Find us on all the usual podcasting apps or at modifiedroll.com. Hi everyone, this is Danny from the Thorn Files team. Just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast so far and let you know that we've all really enjoyed making it enjoying the show as much as we are why don't you leave us a rating or review on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts now let's get back to the mystery
Evangeline, the one with the knife is still going after you. Um, despite your connection to the creature, it's a creature of fear and hate. As 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 they as he comes towards me, and you can kind of see the. She looks very pristine and very well still kept, but you can see the marks in her clothing where the blood's kind of like beginning to pull from the wound. Um, and she kind of looks towards the boy and she says, I'm really sorry for what's about to happen. She like draws her like kind of across the bow and you watch as the, the string of the bow catches with her with her ring and she's going to create a, I'm going to use her combat magic to create a blast of forceful and blinding light energy, which is very loud and very big. Um, I do have to roll that, uh, which is an 11 on kick somehow for that one. Brilliant, okay. So you get to choose one effect, so you inflict your harm. Um, like I said before, you gain advantage. Um, you gain the advantage or you can give it to somebody else. You inflict terrible harm, uh, you suffer less harm, or you force them where you want them. I am going to disinflict terrible harm so it ignores any magic or armor that he might be having. Um, so in total, that will be four harm. Four harm against him. Um, and do you still have your armor up? My armor? No. no. Um, so he dashes forward, and as you bring your ring across your violin, the sort of light builds in that connection you feel the dagger plunge into your shoulder again sort of upper chest up towards the right and as you feel this sort of surge of pain um you take two harm and okay the soldier is blasted backwards um connects with the wall on the far side of the barn and collapses to the ground. Not moving. And she kind of like, kind of like she falls to one knee, bearing one hand, but not propping herself up with her violin. You can see that where, where that wound was, you can just start to see fall on lots of blood just pour pooling on the floor. That means that you have an unstable... I'm, uh, I'm not sure exactly what harm now, is everyone is you are unstable. I am now... I am now classed as unstable, and my injury to my shoulder will now get worse over time. Yeah. So, next, um, Peter, cycling back round, you ran out to grab the music box. Um, so, out into the cold night air, um, you see in the farmhouse. Um, Mary and Laura are looking through one of the windows and there they have not come out, obviously, but they are staring in horror at the barn, the fact there's now fire building up, the gunshots are screaming from inside, and now you run out in whatever Peter looks like at the moment, and uh, you grab hold of the music box from the ground, sort of in the deep mud that it's been sort of started to sink down into. Um, as he picks it up, um, he will try to find where the winder is and literally open it straight up. I'm trying to get the thing to play as he starts um, running back in. So, um, yeah. but just pick it up. Um, 
start and then as he's running he's trying to turn this thing to start making it make sound so it's open already he's trying to make sound come out of it um it's actually a music box you don't necessarily need to you don't need to wind it when you start when you open it starts to play but i love peter just desperately trying to wind it's just the fingers it's the he's not really built for this right now and as it opens and it's making a sound he will be heading straight back to where tabitha and the body are you move into the barn um you play you open the music box um as you come in i'm going to say that the soldiers that are still there get one extra one more attempt at doing whatever they're trying to do in the barn as you move your way back towards it um the soldier that took shot thomas and connected with tabitha um now turns towards where vera is uh seeing that you are sort of holding on to another one of the men uh whatever part of it is there um and trains its gun on you vera um and you see from across the barn so um caught in the lights beside um as the fire starts to build up um that the soldier is going to take a shot at you um and in that moment lieutenant cook shoulder barges this soldier um pushing them onto the ground and uh begins to fight with them again um it doesn't take long however for the gun to go off and in the struggle the body of lieutenant cook is pushed sideways and the one that's still being controlled very much still controlled by marcus elliott starts to stand up again the one that you have stabbed is um clawing at the knife and clawing at you to get you off um so as it does that what would vera do does the the one standing up from um having tussled with cook lieutenant cook does do they still are they are they standing up with the gun are they still holding the gun or was the gun they're, lost in the tussle they're, they're still holding the gun at this point but they look like they've been distracted it's not necessarily doing anything right now yeah and this they was the gun can take a shot at you in this moment but the other one is going to try and harm you yeah um i mean if there's somebody with a gun and they are within reaching distance i'm going to try and run at them um yeah. to stop them taking a shot at either thomas or tabitha uh and peter okay. and so you pull yourself up do you still have your dagger in your hand uh yes yeah yeah i still got it but i yeah. <laughs> i'm not giving that up um but i'm uh i'm not going to use it i'm just i'm just going to tackle this person midsection as as they try and stand up have a kick some ass then that is a seven plus one for an eight uh so you get to uh you inflict harm you inflict harm on and suffer harm from whatever you're fighting um and i think that is it at this point so you inflict harm on them however as they stand up which yeah, they are one of the ones. Um, and I'm I'm going to try and be taking us both to the ground. Yeah. As I rush them. Uh, uh that would be if you roll ten plus, you'd be able to force right. them to the ground. Um. Yeah. No, that, that's that's my that's my intent. But um. That's yeah. your intent. You you yeah. run into them. Um. So as they sort of slam their hand down on top of you, as you sort of 
tackle them and they sort of are struggling with you, uh, they'll take a harm from just being sort of rammed into by you. Um, unless you want to, you know, unless there is, is Rio using the dagger at all. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no. Um, so they'll take a harm from you charging into them. Uh, yeah. And oh, I'll just double check because actually, um, I would say actually, you're tackling them and it didn't knock them to the ground. I'm not necessarily going to, they're actually going to take harm from that. I don't feel like something you might necessarily take harm from. Um, yeah, usually means you inflict yeah. the harm rating of your weapon. Yes, so um, because what you're doing is sort of stopping them for a moment, trying to stop them from using their gun, um, or try to make them drop their weapon in some way. You're not necessarily making them drop it, but you're stopping them from doing what they were going to do. Um, you don't inflict harm on them, but they aren't going to be using their gun straight away as they struggle with you. Um, but in that moment, as you struggle with them, um, Evangeline and Tabitha are standing in the barn. Evangeline, you feel sort of this warm um, sort of pain seep from you um, as this soldier in front of you still lies, still on the still on the ground. And Tabitha, you are sort of you pull yourself up from the ground. Is there anything Tabitha does in this moment? Um, yeah, like is Thomas dead or dying or Thomas has been shot. Yeah. You don't know if he's dead. And I would like to um, give him a shake and um, uh, use my healing magic on him because this is his fault and he's not going to get out of it this easily. So. Um, okay, so I rolled nine. That's brilliant. So you. So. I have a special um, healing move, mm. um, so it heals three harm, but because I rolled a nine, it leaves a horrible scar, and it hurts exceptionally. It hurts a lot. Yeah, so he wakes up to this pain that's <laughs> coursing through him from the healing magic that you're doing upon him, and as you heal him, um, the he's awake, and you know that he's going to survive the bullet wound that's in his side. Um, but you start to notice that the, from where the lantern fell, the fire is starting to spread out in a way that is at this point where Thomas is at the sort of far back of the barn and you're going to where he is, is cutting you off from the rest of the group. So you and Thomas are cut off at this, are starting oh, to be cut yeah. off. Um, but Peter, you come into the barn at this point, You the box open and... Um, can I have a plus weird from everybody? Everyone pl roll plus weird for me. Uh, nine for Peter. Nine as well. Nine. Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute, Vera. Vera doesn't clue into this straight away. But what you do get is the... It's as if the small, delicate, plinky-plunky music of the music box is suddenly much louder. Those who roll plus nine, you get the sense of all other sounds dying down, as if to make way for this music. And all of you, 
spot nine so you know and you can sense the cracks and the tendrils reaching out towards the different people in this room and reaching out further than the farm you get the impression that those cracks could have gone for miles if we weren't impeded they start to be pulled back by something forcing this spirit to remember something other than fear and pain and anger and as you, this happens as this is sort of wrench back you see the soldiers that are still currently fighting um with vera um around the room those that are still conscious or alive slump not for passing out but as if drained of all their energy fall sideways they stumble they lose the strength the one that Vera's holding on to just collapses under her um under her struggling with them and as it does this those who rolled nine that's everyone who has a connection to the weird of the world um you can sense a sort of shadow forming above where Marcus Elliot's body is it's vaguely humanoid and as you focus on it Vera you also notice that it's there you can see it and those who roll plus those who roll nine get the sense that this is a corporeal form now and what also has happened however is it has lost the connections it did have and the, as the cracks start to try and make the way back out towards those who are there this is a moment you have to do something to stop it what do you do he, 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 he needs some rest um and i don't know if i can do this or i might need some help as i look towards tabitha and i'm gonna crouch up um but I'd like to try and use magic to, and there's a, a part of me's magic which allows you to kind of observe another place or time. But I'm wondering if with the psychic connection, this corporal ling creature that we can have access to, we can make them observe another place or time. I'm trying to think of sending them backwards in time to a sunny day in the orchard with Evelyn and Rose. Uh, be time, not so that this creature sees something that's not darkness and restraint. Kind of a happy moment. Uh, eight. The dice plus two plus the one forward, eleven. For a brief second, um, everyone in the room, Peter, Tabitha, Vera, um, you are pulled into this world that Evangeline has created. It's not a world she's created, but it's, it's trying to send them somewhere. And with the magic as it is, and with this thing trying to connect to all of you, you all can sort of sense 
it being somewhere else, being in a different time, you can see Marcus, you can see this um, very tall, strong father figure planting a rose bush with his daughter in the orchard. You can see him um, being welcoming to his brother and his brother bringing his daughter a music box for her birthday and the daughter and Rose loving it, playing it all the time. You can see a family that was frightened for the future but knew that if they were together they would be able to cope with anything. And as you are pushed into this moment, you can sort of glimpse it slightly. Um, is there anything that you sort of feel yourself also slip into? You're not being pushed to your own memories, so you're not forced into them. But in this moment, as you are in this space, you know that if you thought about that, you would feel the same connection with something in your past where you might have felt something close to this feeling. Is there anywhere, any time that anybody would have felt close to this feeling? Yeah, I think she she kind of can kind of see that and like with everything, a, a faint sound of um, a carousel's music kind of echoes and kind of that kind of melodic echo in the kind of the background and she kind of feels the warm summer's day um and uh, american style uh, carnival fair um she's she's there um at some annoyance and she feels the annoyance that she felt and she just dismisses it because the reality is that's the start of our greatest happiness, even if there was annoyance and worry about how she was going to do and what she was doing there, really, it actually was the start of her creating what she thought was going to be her family. Peter just Peter drifts back to youth and a summer sitting on a seawall with a lost love, eating mussels with chips by the, by the harbour in the summer before the war, when everything felt a little more innocent and a little bit more happy, trying to block out the world. Um, I think Talitha thinks about kind of early evenings spent with her mother and father, like her father um, writing at his desk and her mother reading and her reading as well like by a fire it's kind of a quiet piece um sat with hetty on top of the cab of a large truck that they've been driving up the coast of um ceylon um north from colombo looking out over the ocean the, um, um, out towards the sort of Maldives and over towards India um, as the sun slowly um, passes by overhead um, and just spending hours chatting like she's in this moment she's been there for 
a good hour. You all feel a profound connection to these moments as Evangeline sort of sort of like opens the door so you get a glimpse of them again. And then as the magic fades, and Evangeline, you know that what you've done to put this creature, this being, into this time, mostly it's you pushing them there and forcing them there. Whatever was left wants to stay there. So it's like 80% you doing it and 20% them saying it's fine. This is where I want to be. And as that fades, the fire is still building in the barn, but you are all there. And the soldiers have started to come round those that have survived this encounter. And they start pulling themselves up, they start putting the fire out, uh, they come round, they help Tabitha, and if you need it, if you don't want help, that's fine, tell us or whatever. Uh, that's fine. They pull Thomas Elliot um, out of the barn. Uh, the soldier at the back of the barn who was blasted there by Evangeline, um, they pull his body from the barn and sort of lay it to rest outside. Um, Lieutenant um, Cook is injured badly, but survives as he's pulled out. Um, and is there anything anyone does as you feel this presence has been pushed away? You get the impression that the soldiers that were taken, they have no memories of what happened while they were under this influence, under this control. Um, clearly taken more than Evangeline had been, um, but they don't have any. They don't have any memories of what they did. The events in the barn, um, all they remember, and uh, they, they explain this to all of you, uh, is that they remember seeing Evangeline make the floor explode, and in that moment of panic, they forgot what was happening. They didn't understand, and they were frightened. Um, well, the first one that says that I will, I mean, very, very, like touching my shoulders, like with the big injuries all over them, I'll be like, my dear, obviously the guests beneath the barn must have riddled your mind. That was a gas explosion. <laughs> Look. And she kind of just points to like the marks and is like, I'm really <laughs> injured by what happened there. Oh, you poor things. Can I have a <laughs> manipulate someone roll? Sure. There was a gas explosion underneath a wooden barn did not fully destroy the barn. <laughs> but it's the middle bit. That was the floor. It's just the floor. It's just a they're, little gas explosion. They're, they're traumatised. Eight. Eight. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh... They're saying it quite, also quite loudly for the first time to probably one of like, the younger soldiers that's kind of being a bit of thing. She's very poised about it all. Loud enough that everyone else could probably hear that to try and start trying to weave this kind of like slight counter story about concealing, the, concealing everything that we were investigating. I think what happened, and I, uh, this, cause this is, feeds on from something earlier on. Lieutenant Cook 
steps forward, his arm in a sort of bandage up sling, his wound being dealt with, um, doesn't step forward. He sort of calls out. He says, gas explosion sounds about right. But he does look at you, Evangeline, and says, before you go, Miss Lane Fox, I would like to have a word. Just to talk over what's happened here. Of course. He sort of pulls himself up. He says, farmhouse. And he looks towards all of you and says, farmhouse. Does Evangeline look like she's about to die? Yes. She's yes. getting progressively she's worse. She's getting progressively worse. Um, I can't remember if I can use magic. Can I not use magic to stabilise her? Or you can heal one arm. For that? So um, I know I can heal one arm on magic. Because I just... Yeah, you can heal one arm. So, as we're walking out and following, um, and he kind of straightens himself up a bit, he'll still have the music box, and the shadows will be kind of leaving him behind in, in the flames of the barn. Um, he will just place a hand on the shoulder of Angeline, hope this goes well, and just um, go, um, just a little bit for you, I think. And um, he will try and heal her for one thing, unless this goes terribly wrong, which yeah. is going to be It's going to go absolutely terrible. Oh, no, I rolled a 10. Well, that's a 10. Okay, yeah, so it, it just works. What <laughs> works, you give you, you heal one arm. Um, oh. Brilliant. So, Evangeline, you feel a little better. She's still dying. So, um, with that, though, seeing that she's still very, very unstable, um, he'll look to Tabitha and go, Tabitha, quickly, as we're walking, and I'll just kind of steady Evangeline now as we're walking, realising that she's been quite stoic, and actually she's not doing very well, and hopefully Tabitha hurries up, or Vera has a medkit or something, and that big bus of hers. Seeing him do that, I will just look over myself and says, it will not kill before we make it to the farmhouse, and if we are to do anything else, um, Miss Thorne, I prefer my anguish screams not to traumatize the soldiers any further. Can I just ask her to kind of, if she's going to do anything, to wait till we go out of, out of sight. With a slight, grateful admonishment of Peter. I'm as a child, and I was avoiding it before we got there. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Evangeline wants... Laura's still in the... Well, she's, a, you know, she's a teenager. She's She's been through a lot. She's been a bit, she's a bit traumatized. What's, what's a little bit more trauma? Um... You go into the farmhouse. Um, Vera, does Vera go into the farmhouse as well? Is Vera still? Uh, if if the rest of the soldiers seem okay, then yeah, she would have been lightly dressing wounds and stuff with um, bandages and stuff from the from the truck, and we'll be following after to provide what little mundane assistance she Not can. Mundane toll. The three soldiers that are that remain. Um, seem very appreciative of any help um, that you can give them. Uh, do you let on at all that you were the one that stabbed the one in the leg? Or are you... No. Um, oh, God, no. Just, I, I can't, I can't no, imagine. No, 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 no. Some sort of... Dagger has been secreted away again. That's... Stabbed me in the leg. I don't get it. Um, shrapnel. There's nothing left in there. We're all shrapnel. Went, went straight through. Um, 
And Peter's not making eye contact with the guy whose face he smashed in with one punch. I mean, I'm just looking straight up. Yeah, his nose is very badly broken. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's focusing on his men. You focus on not looking at him. Um, and you come to the barn with Lieutenant Cook. Uh, he sits, he comes to the kitchen. He tells you to sit down um, around the table or stay standing. I don't care. He undoes a bu- uh, buttons around his on his shirt. Um, top. He sort of just pulls his tie a little, um, and he takes his hat off, throws it on the side, um, and he says very calmly, "Did you come here knowing that something like this might happen?" Yes. Your presence here was unfortunate. We were expecting only the inhabitants of the farm to be here. Whatever this was, are you saying that there is more of this in the world, more things like this in the world? Lieutenant Cook... Do you want us to answer that question? I think I bloody well deserve an answer. I've always suspected, but to come face to face with something like that, something that without any remorse took over, attacked and looks down at his arm. Are there more things like this in the world? Yes. There are things you should be afraid of in the dark, Lieutenant. It looks like you, Evangelist. It is not only darkest you will find, but there are there are beauties and wonders that you will find in this world that will remain unexplainable if you do not look and ask. You have the opportunity now to walk away and never ask again. Do you really wish to know the answer? Well, it seems like Evangeline is trying to make him not ask the questions and not think about it anymore. No, she's just, she's just basically saying, it's now or we, there's no turning back once you make this decision right now and she's just laboring on that point like we, we've given you we've skirted around the moment right now is it if you ask one more time the veil will be lifted or you can go away with your suspicions just kind of giving him that that, that opportunity that i think many a person that she's encountered upon her travels she will have given or will have been given by those like her. I have fought dangers in the past and felt my life be at risk more times than I can count. But I always understood what those risks were. I always knew what what might end me. 
I don't understand what this is. And if you're saying there's more like this out there, is it all the same? Is it always different? Is it something which I'll never be able to see coming? How do I protect people? How do I protect myself? How do I do anything knowing that something like this could just be where I am? Well, at the end of the war, there were weapons that the Americans used, which the inhabitants of Japan had absolutely no way of knowing was coming. There is plenty that you know about that will kill you. There is plenty that you don't know about that will kill you. This is not a comforting thought. But we've all lived this long. Most of us make it to old age these days. We're... I want to know. If it's something you can tell me, I want to know. Everybody else doesn't need to have the veil ripped away from them to add more darkness and discomfort into their lives. Methinks when Andy wait now. If I know I'm not going to be able to not tell other people. You understand? If I know that something is a risk, I won't be able to hide that from people that, that I care about. He puts, he, he takes his hat and puts it on, and... That would be for the best. I'll see to it that Thomas Elliot is handed into the local constabulary. Um, I'll tell them that it was a Gas leak. Yes. I won't ask anything of you because I know I won't be able to hold on to that secret myself, but I know where I can go if something happens that is unexplainable. Exactly. Just because there is bad does not mean it is always bad and there is more bad than good. So if you fear, if you have a worry, come find us and we shall lift the veil a little bit more. You never know, you might, might, you might find comfort beyond the veil. This could trouble you. And if you can't let go of this, find us. Can we give him a card? Like a business card? Yeah. You just slide one across the desk. I was thinking, like, is there like a, a P.O. box or something, <laughs> a secret one? But, but no. <laughs> the card. It's all investigation, paranormal investigators. Um, uh, oh. And he nods and thank you. 
I know it might not feel like you did much here, but you, with the men that have died, and the house that was yeah. blown up down the road. But those that have survived will be thankful. I don't imagine you get thanked that often for your work. We don't go into the fields very often. You don't say. And he walks out with another word. Before you leave, oh. Lieutenant, sorry, uh, I, I have a couple of questions for you. Yes. That's my box. Where who, do you know who ordered your group to train upon this farm? Um, Captain Bennett knew. We get told what we need to get told for operations like this. It was training. The men that were chosen were chosen for specific specific skill sets that they had. But nothing like those which I've seen from you. Hmm. Well, what kind of skills? Covert operations, those that are handy with radios and one of them was a very good shot. But nothing like what I've seen. But if I find out, I'll maybe come and let you know. If you would be so kind. The only thing I can tell you is that Captain Bennett didn't seem at all happy to be assigned to this. I don't know how much that means to you, but when he the same way he felt about you all being here was the same way he felt about being with us there. Captain Ben was a man who enjoyed strangeness. Lieutenant, you want to know how to protect yourself and those around you. If you feel the hair raising on the back of your neck, if your gut tells you that something's wrong, trust it. And he walks out of the room. Uh, when he leaves, I would like to find like a wooden spoon or maybe a rolling pin, some kind of wooden utensil for Evangeline. Yeah. And um, I'll pass it to her <laughs> and say, well, I will try not to leave a scar because I know that's probably very important to you, but I can't promise anything. Are you ready? Yes. The spoon so you don't traumatise Laura. She'll put the spoon in her mouth. Uh, at nine. So it does leave a scar. <laughs> does it leave a scar? 
Well, we'll see. At this moment, when Tabitha's magic's over, you it does leave a scar. And it hurts really badly. You have to fight into the wood. Yes. Just like, for love of everything, dear. As the rest of the night sort of starts to speed up now, at this moment, it feels like you've been here for hours, but you haven't been here for that long. This evening has felt very, very long for all of you. Um, I don't know if tiredness takes any of you in this moment, but very quickly you find the morning is coming. Um, and you are there with Laura and Mary, and our cottage is in ruins, but they are both safe. And the mystery of Not Kill Farm has been solved. It's well done, not to all. Is, is, is there a way we can get them to have be able to live on the farm now there's no there's no one else living on the farm? Well, yes, ownership is not, it's not as clear-cut as that, just because the one person is not on the farm and they were closest. This is 1950s. <laughs> Shotgun. So, that's where we are going to leave this, and we'll pick up in the next session with uh, the closing of this mystery and perhaps the opening of the next one. We'll see you all then. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>